Hello there and welcome to episode 9 of Getting Lost in the Grey. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different. So, previously I mentioned that I would probably be doing this episode on PTSD. Now, I've shook up a little bit of the episode list that I had prepared. Um, it's not something I've shared publicly, but it's just within myself. Um, <clears throat> the reason I've decided to do this is because I feel like PTSD is a very massive um such an important and massive not that any of the other ones are not but just because of there's a lot of public spotlight on it there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of information as there is for all of them but i feel like ptsd is a very powerful one and i feel like it, it may even deserve a, a, like a two-part or something like that so I'm moving it around, and PTSD is going to come a little bit later in uh, the in the next couple of episodes. Um, so yeah, I also have to apologise because this episode is coming out late. Um, so usually I like to try and stick to the schedule of around about 3pm UK time every Monday. Um, unfortunately, my wife is actually um, working on her uh, university uh, stuff. So she's been using like our main computer uh, over the weekend and things. So I've not really had much of a chance to record um, the episodes as I normally would do. So enough, enough about me, enough of this, um, the sort of admin-y stuff in the background. So uh, yes, as always with uh, any episode of Getting Lost in the Grey, I do want to share that if anybody feels at any time that they are overwhelmed or anything that I'm discussing or anything that uh, you see online or in uh, TV or when you're at your doctor's or anything like that, that makes you think that you may have any mental health issue, concern, disease, whichever way you want to put it, um, please do reach out, get help and even just start those discussions. Uh, there's never any weakness in doing so, no matter what anybody would ever tell you. Um, it's the only thing I know 100% in my heart and head that I am right about is the fact that there is no weakness in asking for help. Um, so yeah, do not suffer in silence is the, the key takeaway from every episode of Getting Lost in the Grey. So, what we're going to talk about today is, it's not a it's not a nice one, not that any of them are, but um, this one's eating disorders, so trigger warning, there will be this discussions around uh, certain eating disorders and the symptoms that are associated with them etc. So what I tend to usually do with these episodes is I tend to start out with um, what the what the symptoms in that are and I also like to talk about what the resources are. So I'll share what the resources are. They will of course be in the description. So if anybody wants to um, follow up with anything like that or uh, just, you know, wants to see anything further. So our links today are healthline.com, beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Now that one's quite a crucial one. Um, NHS.uk, mayoclinic.org and NIMH dot nih dot gov now there is a few new ones there so you know uh, there will be some perhaps updated information etc there so let's start with essentially what is the symptoms of eating disorders so 
one thing even before we go into the symptoms actually um eating disorders is most commonly defined as something that a woman would have now i know that's quite a thing to say in 2023 but that's wrong like it's not something that only a woman can have anyone of any race gender or anything above can have an eating disorder there is no defining characteristics of a person that will have an eating disorder so unless of course they've had the eating disorder for a while and at which point there'll be symptoms that show through uh, physical things but that's that's by the by we'll get to that so yes the the crux of this is it was very much always seen as a female i know the the use of gender um is very much up for debate at the minute but I know that um, it tends to be, or did tend to be, um, seen as something that only a, a female would suffer from. But that is definitely not the case, as we'll see as we go on. So, the symptoms of eating disorders, they can vary very much. And this is another thing that makes it a bit more difficult to diagnose as well. And interestingly, it's also one of the one of the few mental health that can actually be defined with physical um physical behaviors um and physical um symptoms whereas a lot of um a lot of the mental health uh, ones that we've already discussed and others that we will um they tend to rely more on how people are feeling internally as opposed to how they may present physically so yes our first one on the list which the way that the because there's so many different eating disorders um and the the symptoms vary it's better to actually think more about the sort of key eating disorders that are most commonly known and the associated um symptoms with them so First up is one of the most commonly known ones, which is anorexia. Now, it's also known as anorexia nervosa. Um, now, this one can be very damaging. Not that any of the others can't, but um, this one in particular is a very damaging one. Um, one of the key um, symptoms is a very unhealthy low body weight combined with an intense fear of gaining weight um, there's also noted a, a person's view of their own weight and their body shape can be seen as not realistic so they can have quite um, extreme mental images that can be quite different from what is reality is the way to think of it so it tends to always have um, quite extreme uh, actions, efforts, whichever you want to think of it, to maintain a control over uh, the person's weight and body shape. Now, these extreme controls and efforts, they're detrimental to the person's health. So... Um, I know a lot of people think about, when you think about eating disorders, you think about someone who eats perfectly normally in public and then may run off to a, 
uh, bathroom to make themselves sick, etc., to be able to, you know, purge the the food that they think is going to make them overweight or whatever they may think. Um, so other things are limiting of calories, cutting out of certain foods. I mean, these things can all be related. See, this is where it can be a little bit more difficult because these things can be related to a healthy diet. Now, it's when it becomes extreme. So, for instance, um, the cutting out of large amounts of foods, um, severely limiting those calories. So a lot of people use calorie counting and things like that, which can be part of a healthy diet. But when you're, you're actually going below what is considered the healthy intake of calories um, then you're you're being detrimental towards your own health so that's where it comes into the severe limiting of calories so you're actually going past what would be considered a diet to what would be considered detrimental to the body so um, other methods can be used as well which is exercising laxatives diet aids and of course the vomiting after eating now minus the uh, vomiting after eating and the laxatives exercising and diet aids can be used correctly to maintain a balanced diet now a lot of times especially with the diet aids i must add that these things should only be taken under um you know a a health a medical health professional's advice and observation um, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to watch you whilst you take the diet aid, but they should be monitoring your health, uh, your weight, everything, um, whilst you're using it um, at any point. Now, of course, there's also the part around using laxatives and vomiting after eating. Now, those, I mean, laxatives are used essentially for when there is constipational issues, etc., Laxatives shouldn't, they're not really designed to be used and they shouldn't really be used as a a form of diet control or weight control or anything along those lines. So yes, those those two uh, laxatives and the vomiting after eating, as I mentioned earlier, those um, can be really, really bad for the health. So we just need to make sure that these things are not getting all interspersed with each other. Now, next up on the list is the bulimia now this one's also known as bulimia nervosa and again this one can be life-threatening if not um you know treated correctly now this is where i think uh, the the part around eating normally and then um purging or maybe eating heavily binge eating and then purging that out afterwards so this one is maybe where a lot of people um commonly believe it to be the the main one around your eating disorders and like the actual symptoms surrounding it which is of course the the binge eating and then purging of that which is often you know through um vomiting um over exercising uh, not eating for a period of time so um just skipping meals skipping just general food um laxatives again um one thing I'm just not 100% sure on myself here is what, 
how a medical professional would differentiate between what is bulimia and anorexia. The only thing I can see which makes a defining difference is the binge eating. Um, so I'd, I'd really like to know what would be a... Um, how a medical professional would define between someone who is anorexic and someone who's suffering from bulimia, you know, so or is bulimic. Uh, so, yes. Interestingly, there is also another one for the binge eating, which is actually just a binge eating disorder, which involves the eating of food in a short amount of time. And when a person is binge eating, uh, it can feel like there's no control over the amount they're eating. Um, so with this one, they don't actually follow that with purging, so there's a, a clear difference between that and bulimia and, of course, the anorexia. So another clear difference is, with this one, because they don't do the purge, what actually happens is it's more along the lines of a more mental state entering. So a feeling of guilt, disgust or shame uh, for having had this binge eating episode. Um, so then they, they can try and limit their eating to try and counterbalance that, which then can cause the person to feel like they, they must eat again and can then produce a binge eating cycle which can of course uh, be detrimental to the health um, they can also um, take to eating alone uh, to hide their binge eating etc so yes this one's a very concerning one this one is quite a uh, concerning one, especially that part about eating alone to hide binging. I mean, actually, it's very common. It seems like there's a common trait between the three, which is um, a person feels they must hide that they are the, the actions they take after eating. So, for instance, anorexia, um, the overexercising, the vomiting, the laxative taking. I can almost 100% believe that the person would do that in a more secretive manner and similar with the bulimia and then the binge eating uh, it's it's always about keeping that that kind of hidden from a uh, friend's family you know like the the public image so yeah that's that's quite a, that's a real concern and one of the the common traits i would say that can be found between the the, the, the three that we've discussed already so there is another one um, which is uh, showing up here, which is the avoidant slash restrictive food intake. So this one is more around being very much limiting of certain foods or just avoiding the eating of certain foods. Um, the, the way that the person eats does lower, so it does go lower than what is considered the nutritional intake of your standard person. So that's where it can be uh, very detrimental towards a person's health because they're basically not taking in enough uh, calories or uh, nutrition to be able to uh, sustain their their body size or anything like that. Um, this one is a little bit different because they don't actually have the fears about gaining weight or body size. With this one, it tends to be not so much, as I said there a minute ago, that they're not so much worrying about the body size or the gaining weight. It's more around avoiding certain 
food types, certain food, um, maybe even things around the food, so for instance smells, tastes, uh, textures, um, and these things, they tend to be more common within a younger age group. Uh, so that's where it can be a bit more problematic as the person can have this as a younger child and then it can be problematic in their development so the nutritional intake isn't enough for development to be able to progress as it should so that's where these ones can be a bit more restrictive now there is another one that I came across which is I'm not 100% sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but uh, it's either pica or pica, um, which is an eating disorder that revolves around the eating of things that are not food or not considered to be food and don't provide any nutritional value to a person. Now, these ones tends to be around a craving of I mean, I'm looking at what I have noted here, and it even gives me some concerns. Um, so this one uh, goes around non-food substances such as ice, dirt, soil, dirt and soil being roughly the same, chalk, um, soap, paper, hair, cloth, wool, pebbles, Quite, quite a few um, definitely scary things I would think of and this one does kind of does make me think a lot about maybe it's more in children but from what I can see it tends to be it can be in children but it also seems to be able to be in adults as well so yeah that's, that's quite concerning Um I would be interested to know um, what other mental health could be connected with this because uh, I feel like there must be some connection with some others um, and just reading through some of the notes here it does actually present most frequently with individuals that can have conditions that, that have an impact on a person's daily functioning so autism is named as one and other mental health conditions such as schizophrenia which we've not i don't think we've covered that one yet um so yeah that's that's definitely an interesting one certainly not one i'd heard of so yeah we'll be looking at that one a bit more in the future i think um one thing i would like to do is maybe take these eating disorders and spread them into uh, their standalone episodes as well but uh, that may be coming uh, later episodes. One key thing that I found when I was doing some research on this part for the episode was um, referring to beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Now, one thing that, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, a lot of the mental health ones we've discussed previously and will do in the future, they tend to be around how people feel um, versus, for instance, this, these eating disorders where they can have... Um, physical manif- manifestations of symptoms now I want to revisit that just because when I was reading through my notes I seen that the beateatingdisorders.org.uk does mention 
that it is very important to remember that eating disorders are not all about food itself but about feelings. The way the person treats food may make them more able to cope or may make them feel in control though they may not be aware of the purpose of this behaviour. So I want to think about that, that small paragraph sentence, whichever you want to put it. Now, as I mentioned, there is a physical manifestation of symptoms, which can be quite clearly shown with uh, the health, uh, sorry, the, the weight loss, the, the body shape change. But again, we have to come back to how people feel. And it's crucial to, to note this because everything we do is related directly to how we feel. Now, many people may think that's not true, but it is. Everything is a, a either a reactive or a proactive approach to how we feel. When we look at anxiety, we tend to look at it as we are being proactive, maybe not it sounds when you say proactive it sounds positive but you you know your brain has been proactive in trying to make you avoid situations that make you anxious so you you develop the anxiety where you don't want to put yourself into a situation where you may feel anxious um whereas with these eating disorders it can be slightly proactive slightly reactive where you've got uh, the way a person's feeling about their own body image or their weight, or as mentioned with the um, the avoidant restrictive um, disorder, that the person is acting in a way that is either reactive or proactive um, towards food and what they are eating, or what they plan to eat, or um, how they're going to eat it, etc. So these things are all related directly to how we feel about everything um so yeah this this really it was a, it was when i read through it it really made me think a lot about all the mental health that i've discussed previously and all the ones we will in the future um how we feel impacts every single thing that we do and how we do it and what we then do about it so this, I just wanted to revisit that because I feel like at the beginning I may have put across that this one, this mental health uh, disorder, these eating disorders, are more physical and less mental. And they're not because they go together. Again, as I mentioned in a previous episode, physical and mental health need to be united. And never more so than in this instance between our eating disorders because it is very evident that a person's mental health is having an impact on their physical health because the mental health, how they feel about things, how they feel about the food they're eating, how they feel about their their um, body image, their weight, their shape is having a major impact on what they are able to eat and how they react to being able to eat so for instance if they decide or feel that they have to have a a binge eating episode and then they feel guilty about having had that they feel the shame the disgust etc about having given in again to another binge eating episode and then they 
feel they must um, restrict their diet again going forward. So, yeah, this is very crucially... I mean, this could definitely be... Forgive the word, but a very useful um, form of mental health that can be used to bridge the gap between uh, mental and physical health. Um, so yeah, that's that's just my take on it. And again, I just wanted to revisit that just so that I explained it properly that I wasn't referring to um, it being less of a mental health and more of a physical health issue. Now that I've kind of ranted a little bit on that, um, the next part, uh, as I usually tend to do, is, you know, um, what to do if you feel you have an eating disorder or you feel someone close to you has an eating disorder. Now, of course, the the key part would be, of course, you know, discussing with the GP. Now, this one, it can be a bit more difficult with the, the aspect of trying to get someone you're close to to be able to reach out for help. Now, there is also a charity which is uh, related to the um, beet eating disorders, which is the charity called Beet. I'll put their number into the um, description of um, the, the episode. So we'll definitely have that in there. Now, I mentioned previously that it's good to take notes and things when you go in to uh, discuss with a GP or a health professional. Um, and it's also good to take notes beforehand. Um, if you feel that, you know, you're witnessing someone close to you having an eating disorder, note down what what you what your fears are, what you think is happening, what you're seeing happening. And make sure you can take that along with you uh, when you have these discussions with the GP or a health professional and I mean if it's yourself that's maybe feeling that you, you, you're suffering from eating disorder then note down what you feel note down how you feel after you eat what you can't eat, why you can't eat what you can eat, everything just note down everything and these things really help a health professional to be able to diagnose and help you to um get to a better place to be able to you know be in a more comfortable space to be able to have these discussions and also just to build a little bit of trust so with that there is there is treatment for these eating disorders now i'm not going to go into the various different treatments for all of them just because they are very varied and they're very specific and they can be specific so with that, the one thing again is with many of the mental health ones that we spoke about previously is the, the talking therapy. So the therapy is one of the key ones. There will be regular health checks. Um, there may be self-help programs. And um, there's also some that have group therapy sessions as well. So there is always going to be help there. Now, is it an easy road? No, never is. But I'm afraid when it comes to doing anything worthwhile in this world, they're never easy. The roads are always difficult, so we just have to we have to crack on with that. And with that, if you feel that you have an uh, you have an eating disorder or you're suffering from anything related to an eating disorder, then definitely reach out to someone, whether it be a friend, family, anything like that, and make sure you you know have these discussions. There's no harm can come from talking with someone about how you feel and 
especially if it's with someone you trust. So definitely something to uh, think about. And I would highly recommend that these discussions, if you feel there's not someone close to you that you can have these discussions with, um, reach out to you know your your health professionals. And I mean, as I say, there's a charity um, beat that I'll put the link in the description for as well. So definitely just that initial contact can make a huge difference to everyone's life. So please don't suffer in silence. Now, I'm going to close off the episode here. Um, thanks for listening again. I really appreciate it. And apologies for this being a late episode. Um, the next episode I'm going to do is going to be on schizophrenia. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I did move uh, PTSD and swapped it for the eating disorders, which we've now spoke about. Now, I'm trying to stick to the, the, the list as I have it, but there may be some changes come as things happen. I am looking into uh, getting some more people to come onto the podcast uh, to talk about their own issues or uh, their own experiences. So these episodes may change. But thanks for listening, and I hope it has been a, a benefit, a benefit to someone. And take care. <laughs>